0: Good morning. Welcome to Off the Bench. Jimmy Williams and Paul Hayes will be with you on this Saturday morning, and Hayes. Another massive scandal has rocked the Australian cricket scene. Good morning.
2: Good morning to you and all the listeners out there. What a bombshell it was yesterday as we head towards another massive Ashes series, just as we thought Australian cricket was getting back on the straight and narrow and on top of the world where we do belong. We've been here before, but he has stepped down from his captaincy role. It was fascinating yesterday to see the chain of events that followed that stepping down of the captaincy that the Tasmanian Cricket Authority releasing their statement, saying it was consensual with the staff member, Mm. and he was cleared of any wrongdoing at the time. Cricket Australia's statement, they basically supported that, but said Cricket Australia does not condone this type of language and behaviour. Yet, at that time, they didn't issue anything, any penalty towards Tim Payne. And then the Australian Cricket Association, of course, backing him up, fully supportive of Tim Payne, suggesting that he shouldn't have felt the need to resign from the test captaincy. There's a lot to talk about here, a lot to unfold, but what was your take initially?
0: I was I was absolutely shocked by what had actually happened, but I was shocked by the fact that Tim Payne has come out and stood down from his position, but in the circumstances, I suppose, it looks like he's sort of been forced to do that. Uh, anytime you're engaging in this behaviour, you take a risk, and that's what's happened to Tim Payne. Y- yes, it happened a while ago, um, and now it's come back to sort of haunt him, but when you're the leader of the Australian cricket scene, you're the captain... Uh, I I know perhaps the relationship that he had with this female staffer was consensual, but any time you do something like this, you you take a risk case. And I guess it's come back to haunt him.
2: Well, he wasn't captain at the time. But no. then there's the question that needs to be asked about Cricket Australia. How much yes. did they know about this? Because on the back of what happened over there in South Africa, Sandpaper Gate, we lose three really good players, particularly Warner and Steve Smith, who were banished for 12 months from playing cricket at the international level. The next guy in had to be someone of extremely good character. And up until yesterday, we said all of that about Tim Payne, didn't we? That he had strong character. But if they knew that he was engaging in these illicit text messages, sexting, so to speak, then I think they need to take some responsibility of him, them putting him into that position. But these are my comments too about um, what happens from here. Now, we know he's not going to be captain, but should he be in the team come the first test against England? For mine... These are the facts, and I'll let you make your opinion on the back of the facts. Since he's come back into the team for the second time with Australia, he's averaged 28.4, 650s in that time. Since he's captain, he's won 11, lost eight, four draws in that time. Remember, Australia are a very powerful team, and of course he was missing a couple of significant players in that time. Over the last 12 months, because we didn't tour South Africa, he hasn't played, hardly played, throughout the winter months, and... Additional to that, he's got a back injury. So Mm -hmm. he hasn't played any cricket or been in the nets too often in the last three months as well. This is going to bring unwarranted attention, isn't it, to this Test Series. And this is a must win. There's so much on the line. If we lose to England here, we are back to square one. Justin Langer's career is gone. Some of these senior players' careers might be over as well. It is pivotal that we win this. And then you've got the fact that the awaiting players, whether it's Alex Carey or Josh Inglis, who I'm really bullish on, They are as good, if not better, in my opinion, than Tim Payne as a cricketer right now as we speak. And bearing in mind, he's 36 years of age, and with all that lack of cricket, injury, it's time to move on. Get this behind us and start another chapter of Australian cricket.
0: Well, you can't knock the numbers, Hayes. I don't think he'll be playing in the first test. Absolutely not. I think it'll be too raw and too real. That'll well, if he doesn't sword.
2: play in the first, he doesn't play at all.
0: Yeah, right. Well, that's what you're saying. mm. mm. But it's a massive call to bring in – I haven't seen Alex Carey's numbers. I don't have them in front of me. And it's a massive decision to then bring in Josh Inglis to debut in an Ashes match at the Gabba. He's ready for it. You think he's ready? He's born for it. I I, I hope he gets his chance. But if that's going to be in the first test, um, it's going to require a shuffle of the batting order perhaps, or or he just bats in Tim Payne's position – then good luck to him. I mean, he was in the Australian scene at the T Twenty World Cup. He didn't get a chance to impress. Um, he had a brilliant uh, Shield summer last uh, summer, so fingers crossed for Josh. I, I I hate that for him. It's come, you know, this mm. way. That's what I. That's what I don't like. But hey, this happens. Um, and now Australia need to make a decision about who's going to be their captain. For the summer, I think it's a pretty obvious one. Uh, Pat Cummins will probably be Has to be Pat Cummins. If you've got
2: somebody as your vice captain, and he's been listed as vice captain for the last three years, then when the time comes for him to be captain, yeah. he has to be captain.
0: Wow, a very hectic conversation to start our Saturday morning. I didn't see the Tim Payne news coming, and I'm not sure many did, but he is no longer the captain of the Australian cricket team. Paul Hazelby, Jimmy Williams with you. Off the Bench continues after this.
1: Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Jimmy Williams.
0: Great to have your company on this Saturday morning. A sports update. There's a Novus near you. 13-22-34. Great to have your company, Paul Hazelby. Also some other significant news throughout
2: the week. Of course, North Melbourne debt-free, which is yep. fantastic. After where they were 10 years ago, $9 million debt mm-hmm. for them to be down to zero is fantastic. But they also got their past coaches, their recent coaches to come back. And Brad Scott was there. They've, of course, got David Noble there. And Danny Ladley, of course, formerly Dean Ladley the coach of North Melbourne, back at the the football club, and I thought it was significant because it can be confronting for a lot of different people, but it was inclusive, and to bring Danny back into the fold, I think it's fantastic for the footy industry, being through, obviously, some turmoil in in her own life in recent times, but uh, as a club, they can now move forward, and I thought they did that very well.
0: Yeah, great news for North Melbourne. I mean, this was a club that was um, threatened to to be moved to the Gold Coast before they implemented the Gold Coast. Every year,
2: they've been threatened that they're going somewhere. It
0: was always going to be Hmm. them. But credit to James Brayshaw, the members, everyone who put money in, uh, took money out of their own pockets and put it into the club. Well done. And just on Danny Laidley, I mean, yeah, been through hell and back. And to, to have the guts to go to the club, to front up, um, to be who you are. That's Mm. an enormous
2: step, and um, I wish her good luck. Well, clubs preach it, don't they? But that was actually showing it, so fantastic culture there. The other big news yesterday was Brennan Cox recommitting to the Fremantle Dockers for the next two years, so he'll be there until the year 2024. Now, I said last year that this guy should go back to the forward line, and I stand by that. I just think, unless they find somebody ready-made in this year's draft that can fit into that forward line, and we know that Rory Love, we we don't know how long he's going to be at the Fremantle Dockers, given he tried mm. to exit just a few months ago. They've got the coverage, particularly if Joel Hamlin gets fit. I think with Pierce, Logue and Ryan down there, it's a good opportunity maybe for Brennan to try forward again.
0: Very good backline. And you've also, that means you would have Brennan Cox, Matt Tabena. Does Josh Tracy fit? Yeah, Josh
2: Tracy's got a role. So, look, it's just giving him the flexibility. I think they've been probably two one-eyed to say he's a defender. I just hope
0: he's doing some training down there in the front half. There is a remarkable story happening in the tennis world, Hayes. Uh, Peng Shui a uh, Chinese tennis player, came out with some allegations to a, a former member of China's uh, parliament. And basically the tours and the organisations that run the respective tournaments claim that she's missing. Now, she put a release out saying that she's safe, she's well, she's fine. But the issue is that no one's been able to talk Well, was it her? her. I think
2: that's the question. I think they doubt that that uh, release came from her. It's a massive issue, and and WTO been really strong on China, saying uh, they they want to see uh, her right now, and if they don't, then they will bring in some restrictions and bans in regards to tennis in China, which is a massive story.
0: It certainly is. Uh, a sports update for Novus. Don't let your old windscreen end up as landfill. Call Novus Glass, 13 Our next guest, Hayes, a man you know very well, Tarkin Lockyer who, of course, was one of the people who got a statue up there in Northampton. That must have been a very special occasion for you.
2: Absolutely special. And already this week, it's been very busy in the town of Northampton. Everybody's been stopping, lots of photos. So as a tourist attraction, it's been fantastic. But other than that, he's also got an important role as the AFL Academy coach. We want to pick his brains about what's going on in this year's National Draft.
1: Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Jimmy Williams.
0: Time now for our Golden Moments segment brought to you by McMahon. Opportunities as good as gold. McMahon, be more. And it was a golden moment for you, Paul Hazelby, and a whole bunch of former and current AFL superstars who had statues unveiled up there in Northampton last weekend, and among them was Tarkin Lockyer, of course, former Collingwood superstar. He's now the National Talent Academy Manager, and he joined you and Mark Reddings earlier this week to talk about the draft and the best upcoming youngsters that will take the AFL, hopefully, by storm. Yeah, it's
1: been a, a, a little bit unusual. Probably the last two years have been, have been that way, really, but um, yeah, as as everyone would be well aware, dealing with border closures and lockdowns and COVID, COVID restrictions and the like has made it somewhat somewhat challenging. Um, but, you know, we, we seem to be finding our way through the end of it now, hopefully, and uh, from here on in get a, a bit of a clearer
2: run. And just on that, with the border closures, you were affected on the weekend. Of course, the statues were erected up there in your <laughs> hometown of Northampton. I know you moved to Albany uh, at the age of around 12, but... You missed out. We saw you on the big screen. There were some technical issues, but you would have seen the photos and no doubt the feedback's been overwhelming.
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty special and quite humbling, to be honest. Um, you know, to, to be recognised and, and it's such a, a wonderful thing for the town, um, but to be recognised in that fashion uh, along with the other guys that have that have played AFL footy is um, obviously something that I'll cherish for, for the rest of my life and definitely take the kids up there to have a look. And, um, you know, if it's, if it's a, a tourist attraction for people to come in and invest in the town and, and spend a bit more time in there, I think it's a great thing.
2: Spoke to the old man today. He said the caravans have been stopping non-stop through there to have a look. So it is working, <laughs> mate. But we have got you on for a, another reason outside of that. Uh, you are the AFL Academy coach. As you said, it's been a challenging year, but you've had some training sessions recently, just to give a bit more exposure to some of those Victorians.
1: Yeah, yeah. we held, held a session a little bit earlier uh, this week for the Vic Metro and Vic Country squads. Uh, that were all the guys that were invited to the combine. So through uh, unfortunate circumstances, we weren't able to execute, obviously, the national chance games like we we would have liked. Um, and after the kids had gone through so much, through lockdowns, um, just finished their exams, and really as a, as a full step to 2021, and as we move into the draft, it was an opportunity for the kids to get together and have a bit of fun. It was a really light training session. Uh, but at the same time, it was an opportunity for AFL recruiting staff, and for and for the media team to actually cast their eyes across across the kids and I suppose just remind them remind themselves of you know how they move and who's grown a little bit and who's put on a bit of size so yeah it was a uh, sort of funny the middle of middle of November and it was you could have been mistaken for the middle of middle of winter it was about twelve degrees and coming in sideways so it wasn't the greatest day from a, a skills point of view but everyone had had great fun and they uh, they really enjoyed the day.
2: Now, we know a lot about Jason Horn, francis and Nick Dacos and, and Sam Darcy, but I want to go into detail with a few of the other ones that are going to be pushing for those spots. And we know West Coast has pick 10 and Fremantle with pick 6 and 8. We'll start with Finn Callahan. He seems to be attracting a fair bit of interest. Tell us a bit about this kid. Yeah,
1: Finn's a, a big-bodied midfielder. I think he's going to be 192, 193. Um, start of the year, sort of played a bit more outside in the wing. And, uh, and then moved to the midfield, and he was really, really dominant, um, really covers the ground well, uh, really smooth moving, left footer. Um, so without wanting to, to put too much expectation on Finn, he does move a little bit like Bontempelli um, mm-hmm. and he can't help but being drawn the way that he just buys time and buys space. Uh, he's a really exciting prospect.
2: Do you think the Giants will strike with their first pick?
1: I think I think he's right in the mix for that one, yeah. yeah. From from your reports, what I'm hearing is there's a lot of interest in trading those picks, but uh, but I think GWS are pretty pretty keen to keep a hold of that one.
0: National Talent Manager Tarkin Lockyer there speaking with Paul Hazelby and Mark Reddings for McMahon. McMahon has opportunities as good as gold. Visit careers.mcmahon.com.au. McMahon, be more. More of Tarkin Lockyer after this.
1: Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Jimmy Williams.
0: Welcome back. Hope you're enjoying your Saturday morning. Jimmy Williams and Paul Hazelby with you, replaying the best bits of an interview with the AFL's National Academy Talent Manager, Tarkin Lockyer, who, of course, also used to play for Collingwood, here on Off the Bench, who chatted with Paul Hazelby and Mark Reddings earlier this week. Tarkin, the Dockers have pick six and eight, obviously well positioned in that space. Uh, Where would you be guiding them? Uh, Look, at at pick six and eight, you're probably going to
1: have a... going to be a little bit for for everyone, really. Uh, There's going to be a lot of really good midfielders, I think. I think this draft, it looks like it's a bit more of a small draft. Uh, So there's not quite as many talls. But there's still going to be, um, you know, there's going to be guys from from WA in in Amos and Van Ruin as talls that that may still be there. Uh, Maddie Johnson or Neil Erasmus might still be there from a WA point of view. Um, And some of those guys that we spoke of as as Victorians might still be there as well. So um, there'll definitely be uh, some high-quality players still around at those picks.
0: Tarkin, I spoke to an AFL official today and they said they'd really like to see a player they're looking at for maybe four, five, six games if possible. Obviously, that hasn't been the case on the East Coast, but is, is that about sounding about right to, to get a feel, not just a one-off and, and maybe get a trend and a feel of, to how this player goes about his work?
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, it, it's been, it sort of has been a funny year like that because obviously, you know, in South Australia and Western Australia, they have executed full seasons, as you know uh, but in Victoria, we were able to execute a lot of games early, and it was just the back half of the year that we didn't quite get as much get as much done, which is disappointing. And that was going to be the the national champs, where um, you know the best players coming against the best, or as we know, you know players develop at different rates. So some people put their hand up in finals or towards the back end of the year, which moves the draft slightly. Uh, so the disappointing thing is we didn't get that. And and from a so. From a, a Victorian point of view, the recruiters feel like they got a good look early, um, but we just didn't get to see the guys in the back half of the year. And then, I suppose the, the question is with SA with and WA is because we didn't get the, uh, the national championship games away, just didn't get to be able to compare you know, the best playing the best. But there were still enough games um, executed, and particularly in Victoria, um, the, the feedback from the recruiting staff was certainly the games of, uh, are of a high quality. So even though they haven't played a lot of footy in the last couple of years, um, they still feel like the quality of football that was played was a really high standard.
2: Right. I don't want who you think will go number one. Who would you select number one out of those three players we mentioned earlier?
1: Geez, <laughs> that's a tough one. I might have to take my would hat off for a little bit. Um, but obviously, yeah, they, they are great players. And I think um, without without sitting on the fence too much, as we know, the jump between junior football or, or underage football and the AFL is is a huge uh, is a huge gap and so there's no there is no certainty um, but all three of those sort of top end in Darcy uh, Horn Transis and Dacos, they've put terrific seasons together so Uh, I don't think you could make a mistake
0: with either of them. Former Collingwood defender and, of course, the AFL's National Talent Academy manager and coach, Tarkin Lockyer, speaking there with you, Paul Haysby, and Mark Reddings earlier this week about the nation's best talent, which hopefully, for their sakes, will find a new home next week in the AFL National Draft. Absolutely cannot wait for the next crop of youngsters to find new homes there. Hayes, that's all we've got time for and Off the Bench. We'll catch you next Saturday. Uh,